Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today, Tuesday, February 16th, we have Parler, our social media app, back online. That's right. Yesterday morning, Just the News broke the story that Parler was coming back online, and over the course of the day, all the accounts that were operational back on January 10th when it was shut down came back to life, and uh, the Parler community is thriving 20 million strong for this week uh they'll just be uh the people who are on the app before uh, it's shut down last month we'll be able to use it and it's growing and you can see dan bongino myself sean handy lots of people on parlor uh it's robust and growing again next week or within the next couple of weeks new people will be able to download the app and join the community as it grows and i expect it will grow quite large uh, so today, what are we going to do? How are we going to celebrate Parler's return? We're going to bring the interim CEO of Parler, uh, Mark Meckler, on this show to tell us how did he get it started? What are the lessons learned? Uh, what are the threats? What are the, and the monitoring policies uh, for Parler going forward? How did uh, they come up with new servers? Just a lot of big news to cover with Mark Meckler, the interim CEO of Parler, the man who helped get Parlor back on its feet. A big moment yesterday broke it here first on Just the News, but we're so glad that you're uh, going to tune in today. We're going to talk to Mark Meckler. All right. In a few seconds, we're going to go take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, I want to go through uh, two or three very important stories that I think um, are on Just the News today. Kind of a headlines check, the sort of thing that makes for an interesting uh, day. Let's uh, highlight a couple of the accountability stories that I think um, you may have missed or haven't seen or should know about um, to to uh, get your feet wet in Washington. Uh, also, guys, I just want to remind you, our good friends at Kansas City Stakes are uh, always supporting us here. They're a fantastic advertiser, sponsor, member of the Justin News family. I love Kansas City Steaks. I can't stop eating them. My wife and I are grilling out all the time now, and it is fantastic. And if you have the winter blues, and I'm telling you, I do. If we have any more ice storms here, heck, it's snowing down in Texas. It's like below freezing in Texas. That's just not right. You want to get that uh, winter out of your mind. Here's what you do. You go to KansasCitySteaks.com. You pick your favorite package of steaks, meats, desserts, sides, whatever you want. 
And then when you get to checkout, you put the word just news in the code box, just news, all one word, no spaces. And you'll get an incredible discount and free shipping just because you're a just a new subscriber. I'll tell you the sizzle of the grill. I threw some of my burgers that I had gotten from Kansas City Steak on the grill this weekend. The sound of the sizzle on the grill was enough to warm my heart. I know it was 28 degrees out and it was sleeting, uh, but I was feeling good on the inside knowing that I had some of the best uh, food you could possibly get. My friends at Kansas City Steaks are the best. Uh, and if you want to support Just the News, you support them and uh, show your appreciation. So uh, if you got the winter blahs, you got the winter blues, go to KansasCitySteaks.com, pretend it's summer, get some grill grilling going, get some steaks, some chicken, whatever you want on that grill, and you will instantly be transformed into a better mood. I was this weekend for sure. All right, let's take that quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to do a quick headlines check on just the news and then our exclusive interview with Mark Meckler, the interim CEO, the man who got Parler back online yesterday. All right, be back in a second. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Hello, folks. Welcome back from the commercial break. In a few minutes, yes, we are going to uh, have Mark Meckler here. He's going to tell us how Parler got back online. He's the interim CEO. Uh, Dan Bongino, myself, Sean Hannity, Devin Nunez, everybody that was in the Parler community is back online and uh, we're just having a great conversation again in the social space. Free speech, privacy protecting. That's what makes Parler great. And I hope you're enjoying it, particularly in this era of cancel culture. All right. I want to get to a couple headlines because I think it is important. And the first one is to uh, take a look at a letter that came out late yesterday. Jim Jordan, uh, Rodney Davis, uh, Devin Nunez, and several others are asking the question I've been asking now for almost two, three weeks. What did Nancy Pelosi know and when did she know it concerning the Capitol riot? Uh, when we look at the facts that are now in evidence, we know the police chief made multiple requests to get National Guard troops there. We know uh, that the President of the United States, the Pentagon, offered those troops as early as January 4th because there was intelligence suggesting there could be violence. We know the FBI contacted the the um, Joint Terrorism Task Force in Washington early on the 4th, two days before the attack. Uh, and we know that the word that came back to the Capitol Police Chief, Chief Sund, who's now resigned, uh, was that uh, the powers that be in the Capitol did not want troops guarding the Capitol on January 6th because of the quote-unquote optics of having military uniformed officers inside the Capitol. That turned out to be a fateful decision. And we know that Sund, the, the police chief, based on the timeline he's provided, went to what is known as the Capitol Police Board, which is made up of the sergeant at arms for the House, who works for Nancy Pelosi, the sergeant at arms for the Senate, who works for Mitch McConnell at the time, 
uh, and the capital architect who works for both McConnell and Pelosi. What we do not know is what those three officials on the board, the, those people who gave the notification that they didn't want the troops, they didn't want to fortify security, they want to put a wall up or a gate up, where they got those sentiments. Did they devise it all themselves or did they go to their bosses, Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi? I think we need to know that answer. Everybody needs to know that answer. And yesterday, Jim Jordan and Devin Nunez and Rodney Davis uh, put a letter in writing, said, Madam Speaker, you impeached President Trump. He got acquitted. You've made a big deal about this Capitol right because it is a big deal. We need to know what did you know and when did you know it? I think that's such an important uh, question. Uh, I suspect the lapses in security go higher than when we know and that there's more to this story and that there's been a rope-a-dope a distraction device trying to get our minds off of this with impeachment and, and other things. But we need to know what did Nancy Pelosi know? What did Mitch McConnell know? And when did they know it? Because if they were involved in turning down the National Guard, they hold some responsibility for the tragedy that unfolded, particularly because the FBI, the Capitol Police had the intelligence. They knew something bad was, uh, there was a risk of something bad happening that day. The idea we weren't fortified has to rest, the accountability for that has to rest somewhere, and we can't assign that accountability until we know what Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell knew, and that's why the letter from Jim Jordan and Rodney Davis and uh, James Comer of Kentucky, Devin Nunez, is so important. You can read that letter on our site at justthenews.com, important letter for sure. Uh, now, some other things have happened over the last few hours. Uh, in the last day or so, the fallout for those Republicans who voted against Donald Trump in impeachment, either to impeach him or to convict him, which he wasn't, by the way, in the Senate, the fallout is becoming real. We've told you about several of the members of Congress who've already been censored, but over the weekend, more censures occurred. We have um, Richard Burr of North Carolina being censured by the uh, Republican Party of North Carolina. We have the Utah Republican Party giving Mitt Romney a pass, not censuring him. Uh, and then we have some local uh, parties uh, at the county and state level uh, uh, giving censures to people like Pat uh, Toomey and others who voted. And I suspect those um, uh, discussions are going to escalate and grow until they get to the state party level. But there's been a consequence already, almost immediately, for all those members of Congress who uh, voted for impeachment or for conviction for Donald Trump. He's obviously was acquitted uh, on uh, Saturday, twice impeached, twice acquitted, uh, twice deemed innocent under the law, under our standards in America. And those uh, in his own party now face a reckoning. It'll be interesting to see what Donald Trump does. If you haven't had a chance to see the photos, uh, Donald Trump went golfing yesterday. The former president was out golfing. When he came back from golfing, his motorcade was greeted by a large, raucous crowd celebrating him. Yes, thanking him, uh, carrying Trump one signs and and uh, uh, promoting his agenda. It was a spontaneous event in Mar-a-Lago or near Mar-a-Lago, his home in Palm Beach. And what it reminds us is that the base of the party, many large numbers of people feel he is still the leader of the Republican Party, wrongly accused. They stand behind him, despite all of the things that Democrats have alleged against him. And uh, that, that moment reminds us just how much sway 
Trump has in the party. And now the question is, I have a story out today. We talked about it on Monday, yesterday. Uh, what will Donald Trump do next? And I think you can look at the uh, story I wrote today and get some of the options. Laura Trump for Senate. That's a possibility. Political Action Committee to fund like-minded Trump candidates around the country. Give Republicans a fighting chance to win back the House and Senate. That's a possibility. Creating a Patriot Party, a little more distant possibility because of the potential it fractures the conservative movement, makes it two pluralities, and thus the Democrats have a chance to, to be the majority party. So I'm not sure he goes that route, but it's an option. Uh, and of course, uh, creating think tanks and other things to re to expand the definition of the Trump doctrine, to draw differences between Donald Trump's economy and Joe Biden's economy. All those things are on the cutting board for Donald Trump. You can read that in my story today. I hope you enjoy that. All right, we're going to go to a quick commercial break in just a second. One last headline that I enjoyed today from Just the News. It's from my colleague Daniel Payne, and it reminds us uh, that uh, Anthony Fauci, a man who has flip-flopped on many different... In fact, he did it again this weekend. Anthony Fauci, Dr. Fauci, has been all over the map throughout this COVID. He changes his mind more often uh, than a quarterback calling audibles in, in the huddle. Uh, I just can't figure it out. And uh, this weekend, he, after months of saying we can, uh, children can go back to school safely, the science proves it, he said, well, they, don't, they can't go back until we get President Biden's stimulus plan through Congress. That's a major flip-flop. First of all, it's a policy thing. It has nothing to do with science. It's clear that Anthony Fauci is trying to create leverage for Joe Biden to get his deal through a Congress that is kind of skeptical of it, right? And I think that that's, uh, but he, again, he flip-flopped. Remember, he flipped up, flopped on cruises, single masking, double masking. My God, my head is like whipsawed every time I hear da Anthony Fauci speak because it usually means he's changed his mind again. But uh, one of the interesting things that happened over the weekend, and it raises some ethical concerns, and I really like what uh, uh, Kerry Sheffield, I'm sorry, I said Daniel Payne before, but I meant Kerry Sheffield, wrote, which is um, the Democrats, the DCCC, um, which raises money for Democratic candidates in Congress, they have been running ads with Fauci's image. He's supposed to be above politics, right? He's supposed to be a science-only guy, the chief medical officer for diseases in America. They've been running ads um, suggesting that, uh, well, let me just read you her story. Uh, it, it's, it's pretty darn interesting. They, they've been running ads. Um, uh, the DCCC, the House Democratic campaign arm, uh, thanking uh, Fauci and, um, and I almost sort of suggesting he might be a candidate for office someday. Interesting, isn't it? A man who's supposed to be scientific only, medicine only, just the facts, ma'am. Uh, there's a sudden use of his image, uh, a government image, by the way, um, uh, to raise money, sign a card, raise money for Democratic candidates. And here are the questions. Did Fauci know it? Did he authorize his image? Does it violate using federal employees for the Hatch Act uh, to encourage fundraising? Some pretty darn interesting questions. Carrie Sheffield has that story under a great headline. Democrats' use of Fauci image and fundraising pitch triggers ethical questions. Go check that out at justthenews.com. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have our exclusive interview with Mark Meckler, the interim CEO of Parler, the man who helped bring Parler back online, our social media uh, space back online yesterday, important place. I now use Twitter, Facebook, CloudHub, and 
parlor and uh, reach different audiences. Great conversations. Uh, it's such a big, momentous event yesterday. We're going to hear from the man himself right after this commercial break. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, the man who helped get Parler back online yesterday, the interim CEO of Parler, Mark Meckler, joins us. Mark, welcome to the show. Great to be with you. Glad to have power here in Texas so I can be with you. <laughs> That's right. You're in the midst of a, a catastrophic uh, winter storm there, and uh, windmills are freezing. Apparently, clean energy isn't that uh, reliable after all, huh? Yeah, this is what happens when your state spends $19 billion on green energy when you have all the natural gas you could possibly use. <laughs> I've heard from a lot of my friends in Texas. They're all uh, intermittent power. It's got to be really frustrating. I'm so sorry to hear about that. All right, let's get down to business because everybody wants to know, how did you get Parler back online? But before we do that, I've known you for a long time and you've done some really important things in America uh, from the Tea Party Patriots to the Convention of the States. I wonder if you could just uh, uh, tell our listeners a little bit more about your background and how you came to be the interim CEO of Parler. Well, it's as much a surprise to me as anyone, but to backtrack a little bit, I'm an attorney by training. Right. Uh, my specialty was internet advertising law, so I'm not a stranger to tech enterprises, and I've been doing that for a lot of years, literally since the mid-90s. Uh, ultimately, I stumbled into politics in 2009 with the advent of the Tea Party movement. I helped found the Tea Party Patriots. That grew into the largest Tea Party organization in the nation, 23 million members and 3,200 wow. chapters. And by the way, a very tech-heavy organization. So I got experience helping to build up the systems and supervise the building of the tech systems that are necessary to support a, a large organization. And from there, I moved over. I founded Citizens for Self-Governance. Ultimately, that became the Convention of States Project. Again, another very tech-heavy project. Everything we do or a lot of what we do is online. We built our own proprietary database called Citizen Builder. Uh, Nation Builder was the biggest and most sophisticated in the world at the time, and it just wasn't enough for us. So I've overseen, helped oversee the building of all of that. And then into Parlor, basically what happened is I've been thinking about during all this cancellation, what we have to do as conservatives or libertarians or just anybody who believes in free speech to protect ourselves in an online world. Because we live in a time when if people decide they're going to send the woke mob after you, you can get canceled or unpersoned. And so People like us needed a way to be safe and secure online, and that involves a project I'm working on called The Stack, which is building everything we need from cloud-hosted servers all the way to the ground. That includes email service providers and uh, customer resource management providers. It includes banking and merchant accounts, everything you would need to survive online so that you can't be deplatformed. So all of that was going on in the background. When Parler went down, I reached out to one of my friends who is one of the majority owners in Parler and just asked if I could help, started helping them to find pieces and put the pieces in place that they needed to get back online. 
ultimately that resulted over time in me being the interim CEO. And one important correction, though, I don't really deserve any credit for getting Parlor back online. There is an incredible staff there. There is a great team in there. Yeah. yeah. And they've been warriors. They've been working literally 18, 20 hours a day for weeks to get that stuff back online. And they deserve all the credit. Well, bravo to them. Great, great job because it came up. And, uh, you know, by last night, everybody was back to the old community at uh, – putting parlays out and uh, sharing news and having a great conversation. And you could see the relief just as more and more people came online, uh, how happy people were to, to be back in the experience. Now, this is not a small task, which you had to do. You had at first, you had to secure a new server farms to get off of AWS, Amazon web services. And then you have to rewrite the code base, right? The software base, because it, it was written to work for Amazon. Now it's going to be on new servers. Um, how did that get pulled off in such a short time? Because when you think about it, I know it felt long for people who were off the platform, but it was just a little over a month. Yeah, you know, it's incredibly complex. And, and the way the web works and technology in general, John, is that if it works, we shouldn't even notice that it's working. You know, we just use it for whatever it's used for, and it doesn't interfere with the user experience. There are so many layers of this. You mentioned just servers and the server farms. There's all the mechanisms that are required to protect you from the online attacks that are taking place constantly. There's things like the merchant banking that has to be plugged in, the ability to take credit cards for advertisers. All of this stuff, all these layers of technology had to be redone. And I think this is the most important part for people to understand. They had to be redundant. In other words, you had to have multiple iterations of each provider or each technology. That way you don't have a single point of failure. And frankly, that's what I'm most proud of, the staff and everybody involved. We have some outside contractors and consultants. These guys put this together in a way that I feel like we're really safe and secure for the long haul. Boy, that, that is great news to everybody because uh, what happened and the suddenness of how it happened really showed the power of big tech, that they could silence people in ways that maybe a year ago none of us would have imagined. And um, getting back online has been um, you know, a, an amazing thing to watch. What's been the reaction in the community? you got 20 million users, right? 20, 21 million users. Uh, how has the core audience reacted to the relaunch? I think mostly it's excitement and people are excited just to see Parler back up, to be parlaying out there, interacting with people they, they're happy to see again on Parler. I'm going to be honest with you, there's a little bit of frustration too. And I understand that I'm a little bit frustrated. It's not quite what it should be. It's not up to our standards. We're having some problems with the iOS stuff. Uh, you know, Apple hasn't been entirely cooperative with us and we're working to get back on the app store so that we can load a new version of the app up there and Great. fix some of the bugginess. So I would say mostly people are really excited for the occasional frustration, and I understand that and empathize with it. And uh, when you talk about Apple, you guys are negotiating. Do you think there's a willingness for them to reopen uh, par Parlor to the store there? Yeah, I would say right now I'm hopeful. I mean, certainly no guarantees, but they certainly haven't precluded the possibility. I mean, one of the things that we've been able to demonstrate conclusively in the public sphere, you, you've probably seen this, Forbes did an analysis, and really – Parler had nothing to do with what happened on January 6th. That was the excuse for a political hit job. Uh, the majority of anything that's negative took place on Facebook was the number one. YouTube was number two. Instagram, really, it was barely a blip on the radar that represented Parler and, and any user involvement in that. So that was a hit job, and I think Apple understands that. So right now, yeah, we expect and we hope that we'll be back up with Apple shortly. Wow, that'll be big news for people because that's the key to getting new users on, right? Because new users have to download an app in order to get on 
to the platform unless they go through the website. For those who uh, can't get the app or the app's not working, uh, describe what will be available soon as an option for web use, right? You can go to the website and log in as well, correct? Yeah, I mean, depending on where you are, folks are having problems, and there's some problems with technology propagation right now also because of all the up-and-down power outages around the country. Right. But, but Parler.com is the place where people can go use the web interface. That's only for folks, by the way, all of this right now, for folks who are already users on Parler. We're not allowing new account creation probably until next week. We wanted to make sure that the platform is up and stable and ready for the existing Parler family. And we'll open that up to a lot more people in the following week. And as you look out, given how much excitement and, and literally uh, meteoric growth Parler was enjoying in the last three months before it was taken down, uh, what do you expect the growth arc to look like for Parler over the next three months as people look for increasingly look for alternatives to from Facebook, Instagram, uh, and uh, Twitter? Well, let's put it this way: we when we went up, we had the capacity to double our user base, no problem. Plus, we built capacity to add extra servers on demand, meaning that our capacity is infinite. So I would expect over the next 90 days to see us upwards of 40 million users and growth beyond that. All right, that's fantastic. That's a big number. And at that, 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 uh, at that size community, you really have an impact in, in the daily discussion about politics and the agenda. I mean, even at 20 million, you do now. But that, that's a exciting number to, to see on the horizon. Um, one of the things that came up was uh, policing content that violated your rules or, or, or you know, what's known as uh, illegal speech. Uh, you guys pride yourselves of keeping this as much as possible open to free speech and also to protect the privacy of people. Um, where is that line now and how might it be different from where Parler was uh, the day it was shut down January 10th of last month? Yeah, we really haven't changed the line. I mean, if it, if it is legal to do in the public square, then it's legal on Parler. That's our intent. That's our standard. We're going to stick with that standard. We've instituted some AI that does initial scanning. We're obviously going to stop anything that's actual incitement. And But I do mean incitement, not according to standards imposed by politicians and the right. woke mob, but incitement the legal, according the legal to standard, legal, yeah. That's right. That's it. Legal definition of incitement. Uh, legal definition of any kind of serious promotion of violence. No criminal activity will be allowed. Other than that, Parler is intended to be a free speech platform. Yeah, that's that's why it's a user base so embraces it, and I think um, it, we're so relieved to have it back in in the form yesterday. When you look out o over the horizon, because you obviously have always been on the edge of where the pulse of America is, where uh, uh, whether it's the Tea Party convention of the states, when you look at this. Um, ecosystem that's now being built it's sort of an equal and opposite uh, ecosystem from what twitter facebook and instagram and youtube got us all hooked on and then they kind of turned it into a partisan uh, litmus test what is the next big threat to free speech in in the space for those who are conservatives who are fearful they saw deplatforming it sounds like you solved that problem uh we have alternate platforms that's important uh, is demonetization, advertising, what, where are the next places that the left may go to try to silence conservative voices? Yeah, well, look, I'm, I'm worried about our banking system significantly. More and more banks are refusing, for example, to serve gun sellers or uh, gun manufacturers, ammunition providers. So I'm worried about the safety and security of the banking system. That includes credit card companies and the and those who process credit cards. They're called yeah, the merchant banking system. Yeah. So all of those are a concern to me. That's you know we talked briefly that I'm working on something called the Stack, 
and the stack is intended to include all of those things. So what the stack will be is it will be everything from the cloud to the ground that we need to exist in a digital world in a way that we can't be canceled. And I want to be clear, it's not like we're inventing this. There are some pieces we may have to build, uh, but there are a lot of people out there that are willing to play in the space that already run these kinds of businesses. I've been uh, in talks with some banks that I think are good, solid, conservative banks that can't be cowed by the woke mob. We already have some merchant account providers that are like that that we'll be plugging in. There's, a, for example, a big need for email service providers. Oh, for sure. There's a problem out there. Right now, MailChimp is censoring email. That's the biggest. Constant contact is censoring email. Well, Mark, I know you got to go with all the communications troubles in uh, Texas. We want to thank you for your time today explaining what's been going on uh, with Parler, and we look forward to its growth and uh, hope to keep us up to date as we go on. We're going to go to a quick commercial break now, folks. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, folks. Uh, big thanks to Mark Meckler, who's so busy, I'm sure, on the first 24 hours of getting Parlor revived. But for spending some time with us, explaining the issues, explaining what happened, uh, explaining what the future of Parlor is, how it's insulated from future cancel culture, deplatforming and uh, what uh, what the future holds for that very robust um, platform. At 20 million Americans already, probably gonna grow a lot in the next uh, few months. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with more news, more exclusive interviews at John Solomon Reports. Until then, may God bless you and may God bless this great country of America as he always has. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a good night. <laughs>